Hello and welcome to another episode of the Backcheck, the Hockey History Podcast. We uh, evaluate players' cases for the Hockey Hall of Fame. My name is Riley and I'm with Bill. Hey, how you doing? I'm good, how about you? I'm doing all right, thanks. And today we have the class of 1985. Um, and I just, I realized, I meant, before we went live, I meant to say, is it Jerry or Gary? I've always thought it was Jerry. Is Jerry it's, or Gary? It's Jerry from everything I've heard. And that's okay. like, uh, and by Spell everything Jerry. I've heard, I, I, I just mean Don Cherry saying yeah. it over and over so, again, Jerry so Cheevers. So. We have Gary, yeah, Jesus, I just said Gary. We have Jerry Cheevers, we have Bert Olmsted, and we have Jean Rattel. Uh, and we're going to start with uh, Jerry Cheevers, who I apparently just called Gary. Um, it should be Jerry. I just, I, for some reason, I swear I've heard someone call him Gary once. And it, now it's like, it won't get out of my mind. Um, and he played uh, from 1961 until 1972. And then he went to the WHA for three and a half seasons, and then or three and a quarter. And then he uh, played from 1975 till 1980. So that adds up to about 13 seasons. Eight as a starter, five as a backup. Not a whole lot. Um, when he retired, he was 227th in wins and 76 in ties, or sorry, 18th in ties rather. And he had 26 shutouts in about 25, 24,000 minutes. He was 25th all time in games played as retirement and 25th all time in point shares and 17th all time in goals saved above average at his retirement. And just for a refresher, Goal saved above average is the hockey reference stat that is used to calculate goalie point shares, and it's just an approximate um, adjustment, in, uh, which includes save percentage and uh, goals against and league average stuff. His GAA was 2.89, which doesn't sound all that great, but also he played during the 70s. Um, uh-huh. And then his uh, save percentage of 9.01 sounds not great at all, but it was actually 19th all time in his retirement. And that is of course, cause save percent save percentage was only recorded since I think now the data goes back sometime into the sixties. Officially it only went back in fact until 81, but it turns out teams were recording it before that. And now it's been line. Um, of the 11 goalies who played in at least 410 games between 65 and 80 achievers is fifth in wins. Uh, he is, first or last in losses um <laughs> yeah, his, last in as he lost the yeah. you know it was, he had the least losses yeah no he had the he had the most losses what? um oh no i guess he had i i he might have had the least yeah actually well, sorry you're right he has 104 yeah yeah no you're right i don't know why that's highlighted then it was a long time ago. it shouldn't be highlighted uh he is first in goals against uh last in shots against which is interesting um 10th, second last in shots, uh, tied for fourth in save percentage, fourth in goals against average, fifth in goals saved above average. So, you know, something around a five, a top five goalie out of those 11. Um, his season average is roughly 17, eight and six, uh, with two shutouts per, uh, of a 32 game played season. If we try to make that an 82 game average, it's 45, 20 and 15, but of course no one play, no goalies played 82 games. Um, his three-year peak, uh, his uh, season average is uh, 26, 9, and 9, which is pretty damn good. Uh, 9.16 save percentage, 2.72 a GAA, which is less good. Three shutouts, 11.4 goal saved above average, which is, you know, it's good, but it's not incredible. And that's 68 to, um, I don't know why it's a 68 to 9. It should be like 68 to 71. My notes are a little 
iffy today. <laughs> um, playoffs, he was fifth all-time in wins at his retirement. He was ninth all-time in losses at his retirement and sixth all-time in uh, shutouts as well. 902 save percentage, so tiny bit better than regular season. Um, and 2.7 GAA, so better than the regular season. 17 goals saved above average, which would have put him 12th all-time in his retirement, which is pretty impressive. Uh, as well, he was sixth all-time in minutes uh, and games played when he retired, so those are all very impressive. Um, of the eight goalies, he played in at least 41 playoff games between 65 and 80, and you may be wondering why 65 uh, when I said his career started at uh, uh, 61, but he actually he played briefly in 61, and then he came back in 65, and I forgot to mention that. But anyway... Um, Playoff-wise, uh, for the era, he is uh, second in wins, but he's behind by 27, uh, behind Dryden, I believe. He's third yeah. in losses, sixth in goals against, third in shots against, third in saves, seventh, second last in save percentage. So that's interesting. Fifth in GA, third last or sixth in goals saved above average. Again, not great. Six in shout- uh, second in shutouts, though, is good, and second in minutes and second game. So he worked a lot. Uh, but didn't actually face a ton of shots and was not uh-huh. standing. Adjusting for era, that uh, it's a 2.8 GAA um, and then a 9.05 save percentage, neither of which are super notable. And a 1.2 goals versus average and 2.77 uh, 277.1 goals versus threshold. What are those things? The internet has come up with some um, ways of trying to evaluate goalies over time. Those numbers uh, are meaningless without rank, and he's not in the top 25 in either of them. He was never traded, but he was waived by the Toronto Maple Leafs at age 24, and that's how he became a Boston Bruin. Wow, geez, the, man, you guys have had that pattern for a while, right? Yeah. <laughs> that that cut a little too deep? Well, I, I'd rather have Perron than uh, Cheevers, but like the fact that we had both of them, it gave them away for nothing. Um, yeah. yeah. Also Rask. Don't forget Rask. Yeah, but Rask, we, at least we traded Rask. I well, yeah. I know. Perron, I, I, we, maybe we traded Perron. I, I feel like we waved him, but maybe we traded him. But oh, anyway. Wow, slightly better. Yeah. Right? Um, yes. So <laughs> despite only playing three seasons of the WHA, he has some good numbers. He was ninth all-time in wins. He's 10th all-time in losses. He's 9th all-time in ties. He's 2nd all-time in shutouts, which is pretty great. Um, he's 8th all-time in games, and uh, he has a 93-goal save above average-ish because they didn't calculate it for all seasons, and I don't know what that means because no one has actually figured out uh, the leaderboard for that particular stat because it, it's not real. hockey. Well, Hockey Reference invented it. Uh, his GAA was 3.12, which sounds terrible, but also it's the G- it's the WHA where people were scoring like 100 points a season constantly. Everybody was. Um, his season average for the WHA is 25, 20, and 2 with four shutouts, which is um, record-wise in that great, but of course his numbers are pretty good. His three-year peak, a 304 GAA, um, and a 29, 21, and 3 record, but again with four shutouts. Playoffs, he's eighth all-time in games played, but I have no idea what his record is because the stats suck. So (laughs) no idea what his playoff record was in WHA. Sorry about that. However, a 916 save percentage, which was only recorded for two of the three seasons, who knows why, um, which is 
nine sixteen is pretty good for a league in which you know people are getting shelled constantly. Um, yeah. and a, a twelve goal save above average, which I have no idea what that means because I don't have comparable uh, comparables, comparable players, whatever. However you want to phrase it. So, uh, so far so good. And this is where we get into things that are maybe a little interesting. Um, by point shares, Aki Reference has him as a top five goalie once and a top six goalie, uh, or top 10 goalie rather, six times in 67, 69, 70, 72, and 77 and 80. So throughout his career, he was top five in wins six times, top 10 eight times. He was uh, top five in shutouts twice, top 10 in shutouts seven times. So looking good. Top 10 shots against six times, so only about half the time he played. Top 10 saves only six times. Top five in save percentage twice. Top 10 five times. He only ever uh, topped uh, 920 once, but of course he played in the 70s. Um, His goals against, uh, he was top 10 in GA six times. Uh, He only ever managed a sub 2.5 GA once in his career. Again, played in the 70s. Um, and gold saved above average top five, three times top 10, only four times out of 13 seasons. And he only topped plus 20 once. And to just give you an idea, when we were talking about Roger Vachon, we were talking about like plus 50, not plus 20. Um, so that's notable. Uh, he was top 10 minutes, four times, uh, and the adjustment for his peak, uh, 909 save percentage was of course better than his overall career but again does not put him on any kind of leaderboard um and a 61.9 goals versus average and a 247 goals versus threshold neither of which puts him on any leader, notable leaderboard in the WHA he won their version of the Vesna the Ben Haskin Hatskin Ooh. sorry Hatskin uh once in uh, 73 he was also a first team all-star once and a second team all-star twice so every full season he was in the league it's notable you know what I didn't mention about his accomplishments in the okay. NHL? That he was a end-of-season All-Star. Uh-huh. Yeah, because he wasn't. Uh-huh. Anyway, this is something to keep in mind. Wins. He was top five and wins twice, and he was top ten every full season he played in the WHA. Uh, he led the WHA in shutouts all full three seasons, so he was, uh, and he had five shutouts at least once. Um, he was top five in GAA all three full seasons, and he led the league once. He was very clearly one of the best WHA goalies for those three seasons. Um, not so clear about the NHL, but we'll, we will get to that in a second. Um, uh, great teams. He uh, led the playoffs in games, wins, games played, wins, minutes, shots against, and saves, but notably not. Um, GA or save percentage when the Bruins won in 1970. And he tied um, the playoff lead and wins in 72, but with his teammate. So he actually split. He was of a tandem in 72 when they won. He also led the playoffs in games, minutes, shots against, and again, notably not save percentage or GA when the Bruins made it to the finals in 77 and in 78, he led the playoffs only in goals against when they made it to the finals. He did not, he did not lead the league in any other category. And then in 69, however, uh, he led the playoffs in shutouts, shots against and saves, despite the only, um, 
only going to the semifinals, which is interesting. So they must have got, he must have got shelled in 69. <laughs> and he was a starter on two other teams. And then WHA, despite having better regular season numbers, he actually never went beyond the semifinals in the WHA. He also notably um, was the uh, backup goalie on the Canada Cup champion in 76. And he was the starter on the uh, Summit Series WHA team that lost to the Russians in 74. Oh, Christ. So I suggest to you, <laughs> Bill. Oh, boy. Here we go. He's he's the opposite of Jackman in that Jackman had this like this peak of like five years or four years where he worked his ass off and maybe wasn't the best goalie in the world, but like was played like he was and did good enough that everyone thought he was really good. And then he sort of had the the like rest of his career wasn't that great. Cheevers won some cups. And I think he's in the Hall of Fame because he won some cups because like this is not the record of a Hall of Fame goalie as far as it's certainly based on the fact that certain players with better careers than him are not currently in the Hall of Fame. Yep. Yeah, I I 100 percent the whole time we were going through it, um, mostly you. And uh, as we were going through, like, I was just like, can't cheer, can't cheer, can't cheer, can't cheer. Like, to me, it screams of Grant Cheer, where it's like, this guy was a winner. He was on great teams. He shut the door when you really, really, really needed him to. Yeah. And, you know, he was better than his stats lead on because he was on winning teams. And when he went to the WHA, like, his stats are slightly better, but he just wasn't a rock star he was never going to steal you the game but he's always going to keep you in and if you're that guy and you're on good enough teams that gets you in apparently so yeah. you know like it, the whole time you're reading it like i think maybe from maybe from like the third or fourth line i was like that sounds a lot like grant fear <laughs> through it i just kept saying yep grant fear yep grant fear yep grant fear like just to me that's they have the same career almost yeah, I mean, it's it's aside from running off to a different league briefly, um, yeah. like it is, it does, like I, I obviously didn't watch him play. He retired and I was not even conceived yet, let alone born. Um, <laughs> but like the guy wasn't a first, he wasn't even a second team all-star in the NHL ever nope. in his nope. entire career. He was just, he was just a, a decent goalie on a very good team. Yeah, and on a very good team, and he won yep. some cups, mm-hmm. of which, like I said, only one of those he was the clear, clear starter. Yeah. Um, it's uh, I was really shocked. I knew nothing about him except that he won some cups and like was part of the Big Brad Bruins and like, but like when I was assembling this, I was like, what? This is it? And like, it's a little yeah. bet. It's it's that's that's not entirely nice. There's you know he he definitely had some. Like he won a bunch of games, you know, he's, he's not one of these guys where there's like no like bolded stuff at the bottom, but most of the, on his hockey reference page. But when you go to his hockey reference page, all the bolded stuff is WHA stuff. You know, he went to the WHA and he was one of the best goalies in the league. He was not one of the best goalies in the league in the NHL. And like you said, Billy was good enough that he went to four cup finals, won two cups, which is great 
very, I think, especially now, very few goalies can say they've been to two, uh, four cup finals. But like, <laughs> sorry, this is using fit over here. I'm very allergic to my cats. Oh dear. Um, like he he has one All Star game. I forgot to mention one All Star game appearance in his entire career, and I don't know why I didn't mention that, but I didn't. And no end of season All Star teams, and like no. NHL awards never led the NHL in any statistical category ever in his 13 seasons. I'm just, I'm shocked. Um, and I think he's in because of, like you said, Bill, his good team. And, uh, yeah, I, anyway, it's, it was a real surprise. I had no idea. Um, and I feel like in some ways, Jackman, um, you know, has has the better case because at least there were a few years where you could, by some, by certain standards, you could say he was the most important, most valuable goalie in the league. Not the best goalie, but the most valuable goalie in the league. And I don't think Cheevers was ever even that. Um, and why do I bring up Jackman's? Because a few episodes ago we talked about it, and we were like, whoa, this guy's case is kind of weak. But I, I think Cheevers might have a weaker one. I'm not sure. Um, anyway, we don't have to decide that this moment. We can always, uh, decide it later. So shall we move on to Bert Olmsted? Noted. Yes. I'm almost done my sneezing fit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I, I own That's okay. cats and I'm uh, a little allergic to them. Doesn't, doesn't, uh, creep up too often, but it happened to creep up right now. It's about once yeah. a week, but uh, it's right now. Um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm on board with you. And the, the Jackman thing you were saying is uh, completely relevant. And like the stats seem to say he was more important, but you know, Cheevers has the rep, so it'll be interesting yeah. to discuss that when we get to his case. So, um, Bert Olmsted. He played from 48 until 62, so considerably earlier than Cheevers, considering he retired a year after Cheevers failed to break into the NHL for the first time. Um, so it's weird that they were inducted in the same year, but anyway. Uh, Olmstead played 14 seasons. 13 of those were quality. He was uh, fourth all-time in assists at his retirement, which is crazy. That's really high. <laughs> and he's seventh all-time in points at his retirement. I had no idea. If I don't know if you did. I had no clue. Um, however, he was a minus one, but that's only for his last like 176 games out of like 848. So we can't take that seriously. Um, and that was all with the Leafs. It, you know, his his best years, of course, were with the Habs, where you got to assume he wasn't a minus player. Um, I have a question was, for you. Um, yeah. Is, is he related to the Olmstead who designed uh, Central Park and Montreal's Royal Park? Because that's to it, me, that's... Uh, no clue. Okay, well, that's also an Olmstead, as far as uh, if I'm not uh, completely mistaken. And the sneezing fit hasn't knocked my half of my brain out of my head. Pretty sure uh, um, Frank Olmstead was that guy. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, a quick Wikipedia search seems that maybe are that it's possible the names are spelled differently. Oh, that's possible. I don't know. Because I uh, I don't see a Frank on the list of people with the last name of Olmstead. But. Okay. Well, let, you know what? You let me have a look and you keep talking. So we'll, okay. we'll do that. And uh, 
if uh, if, it, if it appears I have no idea what I'm talking about, then uh, I blame the cats. Okay, sounds good. Like, legit, I, I like half my brain just hit the wall. So um, that sounds <laughs> when, painful. When I'm allergic to them, I am extremely allergic to them. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So it's worth <laughs> noting also that when Ezra retiring is fourth all time among forwards in defensive point shares behind only Maurice Richard, Ted Lindsay, and Gordy Howe. Of course, Richard being on that list is weird. It's just that doesn't make sense, but whatever. Per game, uh, he was ninth all-time in assists per game at his retirement, but only out of 17 qualifying players. And he was 19th all-time in points per game at his retirement, but only 20 qualifying players. So take that with a grain of salt. Of the 12 players to play in at least 738 games or nine modern seasons between 48 and 62, Olmstead is six in goals. Um, it doesn't qualify for goals per game, but he's second in assists, though he is 160 behind Gordy Howe, <laughs> which is something. Uh, wow. He's third in assists per game, but only seven qualifying players. He's third in points per game, but he's 400 point, uh, points. Sorry, he's third in points total, but he's uh, 400 behind Gordy Howe. <laughs> and then fourth in points per game, but second last of the qualifying players, because, again, there are only a few people that actually made hockey references qualifiers by 1962 he's fifth in offensive point shares um he's ninth in defensive point shares but the second or third forward depending on how you uh, categorize um, another player whose name i'm forgetting and he's third last in point shares because he is a pass first player so that's not that unexpected so he offensively was a top three forward for his era which is pretty great his 82 game average is 58 points, which doesn't sound that good, but of course this was a low scoring era we're talking about, and his three year peak, 60 points per 70 games. Again, not a point per game player, but the 50s were not super high scoring. Playoff wise, he was ninth all time in assists when he retired, and 13th, I think, tied 13th all time in points. Um, he was also a zero, but that's only the last 17 games. And he played 115 playoff games, which is a lot for back then. Tied fifth all-time his retirement. That might have something to do with the fact that he played for the Habs and then the Leafs because they were in the playoffs every season. Um, he was also 14th all-time in playoff APG, but only 17 qualifying players and 16th all-time playoff points per game. But... 17 qualifying players so way down at the bottom of that list he doesn't qualify for the playoff goals per game board but if we lower the qualifier so he does he's last among qualifying players so that doesn't look that great um of the 12 skaters playing at least 82 playoff games between 1948 and 62 he's eighth in playoff goals last in playoff goals per game sixth in playoff assists sixth in playoff assists per game seventh in playoff points uh, and seventh in playoff points per game and tied second games played. So right in the middle, skewing towards the last. So it's it, that doesn't look that great. His um, error adjustment, uh, he 762 points. So that bumps him up to a 74 points per 82 games, which is plus 16, which just goes to show you all other things being somewhat equal. He... Uh, he played in a really low-scoring era. So we should take his totals with uh, and his per games with a grain of salt. It's more how he compares to his peers. Versus X adjustment, which is different than the hockey reference adjustment, as we always say. He doesn't qualify for goals, but they really bump up his assists and points. Um, and 
per game he doesn't qualify uh but if the qualifier is uh raised to 820 games he's ninth all time in versus x adjusted assists per game which is quite high but again minimum 820 games played unlike cheevers he was traded and he was traded twice first he was traded from the blackhawks to the habs uh, he was traded with vic stasiuk oh sorry my apologies he was traded from the blackhawks to the red wings uh with vic stasiuk for steve black and leo fogelin i have heard of stasiuk and fogelin only one of these players is in the hall of fame i think it's safe to say that the red wings would have won the trade however two weeks later they traded him to the Habs for somebody named leo gravel and you got to think the red wings might want that one back because Maybe. Leo, Maybe. leo gravel played a total of 223 games in his entire career um all of all but 19 of which were for the Habs. <laughs> so the, the Red Wings got him and he basically, his career was over. So that didn't work out. Um, and actually he found his way onto the Leafs, I think because the Habs waived him and then the Leafs claimed him. And then he had a, a decent end of his career with the uh, Leafs. So accomplishments, he was top five in heart voting once, which is certainly better than Cheever's. He was top five in Calder voting in his his uh, his rookie campaign. He also imagine this: he made a second, he made an end of season All Star team, and he did it twice, which was again better than Cheevers. He had four All Star game appearances. He was top ten in offensive player only twice, but it's worth noting that point shares are more goals based, and this guy is a pass first player. He was top ten in goals per game once. He scored twenty goals once. Now here is where. Uh, if you've sort of been wondering, does this guy actually have a case? Here is where the case really comes in. And that is he led the league in assists twice. Specifically, uh, 54, 55, and 55, 56 back-to-back years. And he also led the league in assists per game twice at the same time. So that's something. Um, he was also one of only 10 players to have 50 assists once at his retirement and one of only 20 players to have 40 assists twice when he retired. Uh, he was top five in points twice, top five in PPG once. Um, the versus X peak, which I really care about because I find it helpful to, it's edifying, I guess, is one way of putting it. Um, he doesn't qualify for goals, obviously, but he's 39th. His best seven seasons are 39th all time in assists, which is quite high. Points, only 128th. If we do it best 10, he's 41st all time in assists, which is still very good. 130th in points. So if he's one of the you know top whatever players ever, it's only because of his passing. Uh, and then lastly, um, because he played for the Habs in the 50s and in the 50s, and then he played for the Leafs, uh, he won some Stanley Cups. Actually, sorry, he only won one cup with the Leafs. Mostly he won with the Habs. Um, he was the best skater by points on a Leafs team that didn't go very far in 61. He led the playoffs in assists, though, in uh, 1956 on the Habs. And then he also was a top three forward by points uh, when the Habs made the finals in 51 and 60. He was a top six forward, but led the playoffs in assists somehow. So go figure. Um, He must have scored basically no goals when they won in 57. 
He was the top six forward by points when the Leafs made the finals in 59. He also was a, a top nine forward on two champions, 53 and 58. And that, again, that's going by points. We don't have ice time. It's possible that he just played a defensive role and he was playing more minutes. We do not know. Um, he was a role player on two runners up, the 52 and 54 Canadians. And then he injured. He was injured. He missed two thirds of the games when the Leafs won in 62. And that was his last playoff period, last season, actually his final games. So I, I think, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, the two, the two leading the league in assists twice kind of puts him in. And the fact that he has five Stanley cups, um, he only has, you know, like two years when he was really, really central to those teams, but still that's two seasons. Yeah. Um, when he was a vital player to those cup winners, uh, the other the other cups maybe not as vital, but we don't know. He might have been playing a defensive role. I honestly don't know. But the fact yeah, that he led the league in assists no twice, right? So it's another yeah. one of those like, well, five cups, yeah. pretty awesome in a couple of them. Like, what? How the hell are we going to kick him out? Also, yeah. not related to Frederick Olmsted. I I said Frank before, but it was this Frederick Olmsted that designed, okay. uh, uh, you know. New York City's uh, Central Park and Montreal's uh, okay. uh, Mount Royal Park. So just uh, just a similar name. It's just all of a sudden jog my memory. I'm like, yeah. I've heard that before. Why have I like, so the F was right. The the rank was not. Um, anyway, yeah. So, uh, but it, you know what? It's it's like a really solid career. Yeah. And it's another one of those ones where it's like, well, we didn't see it. So some of his stats say like, really good to elite and some of them say okay we're just on good teams and it's like it's really hard to tell when you haven't witnessed that career right i mean the difference here is that he at least led the league in something right which is like a lot of these old timers we've talked about Mm -hmm. haven't yeah exactly and like that's the thing is like there have been so many of these guys who were inducted in the 80s and 90s who played in the 40s and 50s and i know um Olmsted was late forties and mostly just fifties. Um, and many of the guys we talked about in the last however many episodes, they played a little bit earlier than Olmsted did, but like at least Olmsted has these like assist titles. Like at the very least you can say, well, this man led the league in assist twice and assist per game at the same time. It's not like he only led an assist and didn't lead an assist per game because he was healthy. Um, like you really want, those people who did that not to be in the Hall of Fame. And then you add the five cups on top of that and leading the playoffs and assists twice. I mean, I think he belongs, yeah. even though I never saw him play. Yeah. And even though the case might not be as great as some. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a slam dunk. But yeah. But like leading both regular season and playoffs twice in assists, I kind of feel like if you did that, probably, probably in the pretty Hall- goddamn good. Yeah. 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 You probably belong in the Hall of Fame. Probably. Yeah. Um, all right. Lastly, we have the most famous, I think it's safe to say, uh, player of the three, Jean Rattel. Um, or, if you're Russian, infamous. Infamous, yes. Uh, we'll get to that, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. Uh, played from 60 to 81, which is a hell of a long time for that generation. Mm-hmm. Uh 21 seasons, 16 of which are quality by our estimation. He scored 491 goals, which was ninth all-time in his retirement. 
He had six, he was six all time in assists, which is really high. And like, I didn't realize it was that high again at his retirement and six all time in points with 1267, which is uh, quite impressive. Also plus 236, something I didn't realize, but he, of course he played for the Bruins for a chunk of that time. So of course he's plus something. Um, but like I, I just didn't realize he was going to be plus two thirty six. I don't know why. He was thirteenth in games at his retirement, and he was fourteenth all time in point shares. He was also eleventh all time in offensive point shares. And I say this not knowing anything at all about his defensive reputation. He was also the fourth forward all time in defensive point shares, behind only Gordy Howe, Stan Makina, and Alex uh, Del Vecchio. Um, no idea if this just comes from the fact he played 21 seasons and also hockey reference defensive point shares back then are a little bit, you know, pre, pre ice time. They're a little bit of a joke, but like, it's just worth noting, um, per game, he was tied 17th all time in assists per game and he was 16th all time in points per game. Again, much higher than I thought he was. And I understand that this is a player who doesn't have the world's greatest reputation in terms of among the all-time greats, but the fact that he was almost top 15 in assists per game points per game in his retirement, that impressed me. Um, of the 11 skaters to play in at least 1,066 games or 13 minor seasons between 60 and 81, he's third in goals, though notably 220 behind Esposito. <laughs> <laughs> or whoever's first. I assume it's Esposito, um, given the the age. Um, fourth in goals per game, third in assists, third in assists per game, third in points, though over 300 behind first, and third in points per game. So uh, that looks really good. Top three player offensively, fourth in plus minus, third in offensive point shares, second forward in defensive point shares, which is a real surprise, and third in overall point shares. So by almost every metric we can come up with, he was the third best uh, skate uh, forward of that 20 year period. And that of course is at least partially skews towards games played, but we're talking per game numbers too. So, I mean, I, I did not know that he's, he scored a hell of a lot um, is the point. He has an 82 game average of 81 points plus 15. So just a hair, hair, hair under points per game. However, his three-year peak of 71 to 74 is an excellent um, 105 points per 80 games and plus 34. So that's those are fantastic numbers. 45 goals. That's pretty good. Playoff-wise. Yeah, 45 goals is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, no matter no, – well, I mean, except for like the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, yeah. Like, any other era, 45 is like, whoa, that's really good. Yeah. Um, Playoff-wise, he's tied 13th. He, at his retirement, he was tied 13th all-time in playoff assists and 21st all-time in points, which is, again, very impressive. Also, he was 25th all-time in assists per game, playoff assists per game when he retired. Again, not bad. Of the 76 players, the skaters, rather, to play in 82 playoff games between 60 and 81. Here things get a little less impressive. He's 23rd in goals, 30th in goals per game, 7th in assists, okay, 11th in assists per game, 13th in playoff points, and 19th in playoff points per game, while being 11th in games played. So um, his playoff numbers are notably worse. 
relative to his era by a lot because he was, like I said, uh, era-wise, regular season, we're talking about a top three forward and playoff, we're talking about anywhere between top 15 and top 20. So, However, can we also say that he played for the New York Rangers who yes. yeah. have been garbage for, I don't yeah. know, what? And he did that for over half his career, career, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he played from age 20 to age uh, 35 for the Rangers and then yeah. only the tail end for the, the Bruins. So Yeah, they, they were hot shit. Like, they were terrible. They were bad teams. He was the, yeah. he was the guy on their team yeah. to the point where, like, he's a revered New York Ranger, and it's like, well, it doesn't sound like he was that good. Like, he was the best they had. So it's like, if he was on a better team, his stats would pop, I think, right? Like, Bill, are you saying he was better than Rod Gilbert? He, he may have been. Yeah, I mean, he probably <laughs> was. I don't, I actually just, I was just trolling. No, no, I'm I've, just saying they don't have a lot of great players, right? Yeah, like, no, absolutely. They don't, they don't. So, adjustment for era, um, really, uh, I, I don't think it does anything. Is that possible that it does nothing? Oh, no, it bumps him down five points uh, to 76 points per 82 games, but still very close to a point per game, so that's fine. Um, he obviously doesn't qualify per game. However, if we set the qualifier really high to 1,230 games, 15 modern seasons, he's 25th all-time in just points per game. But, like, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Um, the versus X adjustment. That was the hockey reference adjustment. The versus X adjustment likes him more. Um, 1,251 points instead of 1,191. Uh, per game, he doesn't qualify. Again, however, if we raise the qualifier to a lot, 1,230 games, 15 modern seasons, he's 23rd all-time in versus X goals per game, 16th all-time in versus X assists per game, and 14th all-time in versus X points per game. Keeping in mind, of course, as we've said many, many times, that versus X sort of favors the 30s and 40s. Yeah. And there is one very, very notable trade here. It is one of the most famous trades of the 1970s. And that is that at age 35, he, along with Brad Park and somebody named Joe Zanussi, who I've never actually paid much attention to whenever this comes up, were traded to the Bruins for Phil Esposito, who was two years young, is two years younger than Rattel, and Carol Vadney, who is three years older than Brad Park. Um, so they were the Bruins were both getting older and younger at the same time, and vice versa with the Rangers. Um, the fact of the matter is, with all this, that as much as I think no one in their right mind would say that. Uh, Rattel was a better player than Esposito. So the Bruins arguably, um, they upgraded on defense and they maybe downgraded it forward. The Bruins, of course, had more team success post this trade than um, the Rangers did. Uh, because I believe, so the Bruins made two finals. I think the Rangers made one, right? If, does that sound right to you after yeah. the trade? Because I think Espo made it into like one final with the Rangers, and Rattel definitely made it into two. Um, pretty sure he made it into two. Yeah, two, 77 and 78. And I think Espo made it like 80 or 81. Anyway, 
it's it's hard it's one of those trades is still debated to this day as to who actually won it because uh you know yeah yeah a lot of a lot of everyone both ways right in the old only days, the only bad day really like sorry yeah. in the old days in the nhl when you used to trade at least a player that big somebody else fairly talented had to be going the other yeah. way because there's only six teams so all the guys you're trading had some serious skill at that point what was the you could just trade for draft picks and like and even, you know, I mean, that, that trade happened when there were draft picks, but a lot of those old-timey trades were, like, player for player. They didn't really deal the picks that much. And only Vadney is the one... Vadney is the only player in that team, in that trade, who didn't go on to, like, uh-huh. great success after the trade, right? Well, Joe's a noosey, but, like, he's he's yeah. the odd man out. Like, yeah. Park and Rattel had long careers afterwards. Esposito had a long career afterwards. Yeah, it's not like anyone retired immediately, despite some of them being in their mid thirties. All right, so Rattel only finished in in heart, uh, top five in heart voting once, and that was in his uh, his famous um, seventy two campaign. I don't know if it's actually famous, but where he led the it's league, pretty, it's pretty famous. I mean, yeah. like it's because he I won mean, the, he won the Pearson that year. Yeah, well, he, he he would it, he, he you know. If you prorate it, he would have beat out Phil Esposito for the scoring title that year. Like, yeah, it's he, very, very close. And we're talking about Phil fucking Esposito. Like, yeah. it's a huge deal. So, yeah, I should point out 109 points in 63 games. So, as Bill said, yeah. if you prorate it, it looks very good. Yeah. You know how long it took for the for somebody in a Rangers uniform to break that scoring record? Um, did Messier do it in the 90s? Of course not. Fucking Messier sucked. <laughs> I, I did Yager do it in 2006? Is that one? Yes, he did. Yeah, it was Yager oh. in 2006. Somebody, uh, was, somebody so plays hockey trivia on the internet. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but it was 109 points. That's a lot of points. Yeah, um, 63 Messier, games. as great as he was with the Rangers, never was a big point guy. In yeah. fact, even the year they won the cup, well, fucking pisses me off still to this day. But, uh, even though it makes me very angry. Brian Leach, I believe, was their highest uh, point getter that year. Actually, if if 94, I think it might have been Zubov. Oh, it might have been. Fucking, yeah, of course of course, they had him and Zubov. Yeah. Fucking fuck. <laughs> Vancouver has never had one single Hall of Fame defenseman in their entire thing, and fucking that 94 Rangers team had two. <laughs> God I'm <damn>. sorry, Bill. <laughs> I know, it just pisses me. To no one. I, I can admit their greatness. There's no problem with that. But uh, yeah, no, it's like, it just, it speaks volumes to, it took until 2006 to break his record. And he, he did it in 63 games. Come on. Like, you got to give the guy some credit for that. I mean, geez, he's, yeah. he's, he, he's I, I mean, when you think about the Rangers, he's one, like, unless you think Vic Hadfield or Ed Jackman, like, until 94, he's the ranger you think of, I think, right? Like, yeah. Well, regular. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I, and I Bill Cook. Rit- Bill I Cook. Don't forget Rittell about Bill first. Cook. No, I always thought about John Rattel first. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Was, and all my dad and his friends, if they ever talked to those rangers, like, oh, yeah, John Rattel. Like, that was the yeah. guy. So, I don't Lady, know. Lady Bing, two-time Lady Bing winner, John Rattel. And also... Um, Masterton winner when he was only 30 years old and had not missed a lot of games recently. So that one I can't figure out. 
Um, is, is is that because he almost uh, he almost was out of the league for his uh, spinal surgery when he was uh, twenty three? Well, maybe, but like he I won the Masters like when he was thirty. Well, maybe maybe he had another spinal setback. I don't know. Yeah, well, who <laughs> the, knows? The, the timing seems to seems to line up to be right about ten years later. So he may yeah. have been thirty when that happened. Ish. I don't know. That's weird. Uh, weirdly, he only made one second team All Star, but some of that had to do with playing behind um, Esposito. Also, earlier, like in the in the early part of his career, in his early twenties, he didn't play a whole lot. Like Bill said, he had some health problems, and so he didn't really hit his peak until like Esposito was like, you know, destroying the league. And I don't know who else off the top of my head. Uh, I guess maybe Bobby Clark later would have been beating him out. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, only one second team All-Star, but five All-Star game appearances, which is the most of any of these players, which is quite funny because, you know, back then there were fewer people at the All-Star game. Um, he was a top five player by point shares once in that year that he won the um, the Pearson, now that it's Lindsay. Um, he was a top 10 player uh, twice so 72 and 68, and he was a top five offensive player once again, 72 and top 10, six times. So the other years being 68, 70, 73, 77, six and 77. And notably in 77, he was 36 years old. So he, you know, he peaked late, you know, his first uh, point per game season happened at age, uh, um, 27. Yeah. So, you know, um, uh, that, that may have been that may have been due to that back injury too. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, likely. Um, he was top five in goals. Uh, I didn't write down how many times. Sorry. Uh, top five in goals. Just once. Top ten twice or three times. Sorry. Um, and again, top five in goal three game once. But like this is a guy who, as we've said with his career, he uh, more a little bit more of a passer than not quite to the extent that Olmstead was. Um, he is notable for uh, 35 goals four times, one of only 25 players ever at his retirement, and 30 goals eight times, one of only 13 players at his retirement, 20 goals 13 times, one of only six players at his retirement, and uh, yeah, so uh, you know, there's some weird... Oh, that, 25 goals, sorry, 13 times. Uh, 20 goals 14 times, and one of only eight players at his retirement. So, you know, he didn't necessarily... He scored 45 goals only once, um, to, because of the games he was missing, um, but he did like consistently score for a very long period. Absolutely, yeah. It was, it was, uh, was the, uh, I believe when he retired was the sixth all-time leading scorer. Uh, yeah, that sounds yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's phenomenal. He's just so like never. Uh, well, except for that one season where it looks like he would have prorated, won the Art Ross, like. Uh, you know, won, won the yeah. Ross Trophy, which didn't exist then, but obviously, like, uh, would have won the scoring trophy. It's like he very consistently was a top top ten player, no matter what year. Playing for the crappy Rangers didn't matter. Like he was yeah. putting up his points. Like that's it. Yep. So he's top five assists three times. He was top five in points twice. Um, at his retirement, he was one of only ten players to have sixty assists three times, fifty assists six times and he was one of only four players ever to have 40 assists 12 times which is a lot and the others were uh gordy howe stan makita and phil esposito 
So that's good company. Yeah. He was also one of only 15 players to have scored 100 points at his retirement. It helps that he retired right at the beginning of the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, then everybody went bonkers. Yeah, yeah. Then that no longer was true very quickly. Uh, he was one of only uh, seven players to score 90 points five times, 11 players to score 80 points six times, only four players ever to have 70 points 12 times. They are the aforementioned Howe, Esposito, and Makita. Only 60, uh, one of four players have 60 points 13 times. Same guys, 50 points 14 times, one of only nine players. So, again, it was, he he peaked, his peak was maybe not as high as some, but his consistency was yeah. rare, to put it mildly, by the time he retired. Versus X, uh, goals, his best seven seasons, 98th all time, which is good, but also not incredible, but assists 36th. So if we're keeping track, uh, which hopefully we are um, somewhere. Um, <laughs> there's that one. There's that one guy on the internet who's been listening to us all along. Yeah, it's even that's even better than Olmstead. So that's quite impressive. And then the points 41st, which is really really impressive. Best 10 seasons, 75th in goals is better, and then assists 28th. Um, and then points 31st. So like really like a top 30-ish player when it comes to assists and points. Not as good with goals, but like that's I'm very impressed by that. Yeah. Um great teams. He was the best player by points on uh the Bruins team that went to the finals in 77, as well as two final fours in 76 and 79. And, he was, and, and, and I think it's worth pointing out too on all of those teams. They all had to have been losing to the to the Habs. Yeah, yeah, the best you team. You got to think it right. Like, yeah, who yeah, else yeah. would have beat them? Almost, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it was the Habs. Who are the best team ever? Um, also, uh, he was top three in uh, forward by points on two uh, final fours with the Rangers, seventy-one and seventy-three. He was top six by points on the seventy-eight Bruins. Um, again, we don't know uh, ice time, so I'm just making guesses by points. Um, also, it's worth noting that on his magical season when he scored 109 points in 63 games, he missed five-eighths of the playoff games um, when the Rangers went to the cup final. And I honestly don't know, because I was not alive, when he missed those games, whether it was at the beginning of the playoffs or the end or in the middle or whatever, but he missed you know more than half. He also uh, won the Summit Series, but he was more of a role player but that is because that is you know one of the better teams canada has ever yeah. assembled <laughs> one yeah. of the greatest teams ever assembled yes yeah. go on yeah so uh it's not that surprising that he was top nine by points still um, years in the documentary many times of like jean yes. Rattel did this jean Rattel did that like wow like that guy was on her third or fourth line like that's pretty awesome. yeah yeah i mean i think it's uh, safe to say that like he was valuable. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think um, I I understand there why some people considered him not among the very elite because like you know he never never led the you know regular season points. But he, he essentially he should have once like i mean yeah if he if he'd had health yeah yeah he absolutely would have contended in 72 for sure i mean that that year yeah he was and the thing is he was relatively healthy the years around that year it's that one year he missed 
he missed like 17 games or whatever. Whereas like the year before and after he missed two. So, um, but who knows? He might've been come down to earth a little bit when he was healthy. I have no idea. I, I, all I was trying to say is I do get that why some people don't consider him one of the greatest of all time, but also like, it, the resume is unimpeachable, right? Like he, like you said, Billy, six all time in scoring in his retirement. Yeah, I mean, and, and the thing is too, it's like greatest Ranger. Like he's yeah. he's really up there. Like you yeah. know, you can't really. I mean, like as much as I mean, New York City and like uh, you know this like you know great franchise. They they haven't been a very good franchise for most of their history, so he is way up there in terms of one of the best players ever. I, well, the best the best I, Ranger I, centers I, ever are him and Messier, right? Basically. No, no, Leach. I think Leach is center, way above cent, center, center, center. Oh, sorry, center. Oh yeah, okay, uh, clearly. Yeah, yeah, there's nobody else, right? <laughs> I don't think there's anybody else because like no. Yager is a winger, Cook yep. was a winger, Gilbert was a winger, Leach was a defenseman. Yep. Yeah, it's it's him and Messier for sure. Yeah, I can't think of any. Sorry, else. My, I I just I heard Messier's name and immediately tried to like bite a hole in my wall because I was mad. Um, no, no, <laughs> you're totally right. Although if Leach had played center, he'd be better than Messier, damn it. <laughs> Possibly Richter as well because I'm still mad about 25 years ago because that's how I live my life. Um, yeah. Go on. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say I think he he has a very good case for being the best Rangers center of all time. Um, yeah. I think he does, yeah. And I, I understand that he didn't want a cup, but like, come on, like he just this team's for dog shit. Like, what do you want to do? Yeah. What do you want him to do, right? Like, yeah. sometimes you get one of those players who's like, but like you could say the same same thing about Luke Robitaille. He's like Mister L.A. King. Like, oh, he never won a cup. Like, till he went to Detroit with some other good players and won. Yeah. Like, you know, like like you're gonna punish him for scoring. 600 NHL goals and he's the problem like come on <laughs> well and I I I uh you know I was not I did not watch the 72 Stanley Cup but like and I mean I don't know if anyone was beating those Bruins I have no idea they they, <laughs> they seemed pretty unstoppable <laughs> but the fact that like it was Bobby Russo who was 31 at the time who led um the Rangers in scoring that year because Rattel was hurt all the time, you know, I, I, I mean, you got to think if Rattel was healthy, things yeah. might have gone a little bit differently. Right. Um, because he missed, he missed 10 games, uh, out of 16 and everybody else though, all the other star players on, on the Rangers that year were healthy, but, um, also, uh, Jackman, uh, missed some games too. I don't know why, whether it was, well, his backup actually performed him. So, um, anyway, who knows? He might have had he been healthy, maybe the Rangers win that year. I have no idea. Um, he also, of course, he went to two other Cup Finals with the Bruins later. Um, I mean, I think there's it's just it's just not. Uh, he obviously belongs to the Hall of Fame. It seems yeah. obvious. Yeah. And I'm I'm I I kind of feel that way about Olmstead too, actually. I mean, like like you said, he's not a slam dunk, but I think it's it's you know you shouldn't you need to have a pretty good argument as to why someone who led the play the regular season and playoffs and assists twice shouldn't be should it. get kicked out. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know what <laughs> that argument. Good argument. Yeah. So you agree with that? 
Yep, 100% agree with that. So then that brings us to Jerry. And I honestly, I mean, I'm personally inclined to say that by the standards of the Hall currently with regard to goalies, as there are a bunch of guys who are not currently in, mm-hmm. I I think Cheevers uh, doesn't belong. Um, I I I I think I'm inclined to agree with you, but I also feel like I'm coming from a I, I have an ulterior motive to where I would be like I would normally not want to keep a guy out, but I'm like, ooh, if that keeps Osgood out, let's do it. Um, <laughs> so. Or as I like to call him, Chris Osbad. Um, to, to to me, like he, he's a, he's a like like I said, it screams to me Grant Fear. So I think I should let him in. But to me, that opens the slippery slope to somehow letting Chris Osbad into the Hall of Fame for just being a good goalie. Um, so maybe he's like he, he's he's a he's he's a good goalie on a great team. Seems like he was fairly consistent, but he, I don't know, like once he got the, once he got the, the number one job, like he never seemed to relinquish it. Won a couple of championships, seemed to perform well in the playoffs. Like there's a lot of things on his side, but it's like, you know, it's, it, it's a tough one. I'm, I'm right on the fence. Like I, I, I'd be okay with kicking him out, but only because goalies see, goalies seem to have a different standard than forwards and defensemen where a lot of people who get in at forward and defense you're like eh, whatever like that won't lower the standard kevin Lowe, sure why not and then you're like you know then then we debate the goalies that were like cujo can't get in and you're like wow that guy won a couple of cups and it was mostly the team like cujo single-handedly got his team through a couple of playoff rounds and we all saw it and we remember it and his numbers are like they really pop in those particular instances but his his win numbers are way up like he's he's up there and it's just like no nah, you never want to cup so he's not in it's like well come on like can like, i the, the can i Chris say something in, we have to like carry cujo through the doors and start a fight <laughs> so I know I listen I'm with you about Osgood though I don't hate him anywhere near as much as you but can I say something about Osgood's case in comparison to Cheevers oh I I think they're very comparable that's why I kind of don't want to say yes <laughs> Osgood Osgood uh led the NHL in wins in 1996 and he led the NHL in goals against per average in 2008 Achievers did neither of those things. 2008 was the one year that I'm like, if somebody pointed it out, I'd be like, ooh, like that's the only thing that makes me hesitate. Because that year he but, actually was on fire. Like, But my point being crazy. that he yeah. actually might have a better case than He might, he might. I know. So now I got a case. And then there. since you right, mentioned Cujo, because I can't help mentioning <laughs> Cujo. Cujo yeah. So I would just say anyone who thinks Cujo doesn't belong in the hall of fame, but is totally okay with Cheevers being in the hall of fame should look at Curtis Joseph's and Gary and Jerry Cheevers hockey reference pages and look at the bold ink. Yeah. Cheevers bold ink, which is all bold ink means is led the league. Cheevers bold ink is only WHA. He doesn't have a single NHL thing. 
Cujo has led the league in goalie point shares three times, led the league in total point shares three times, led the league in total saves three times, led the league in goal saved above average once, led the league in uh, goals allowed adjusted once, led the league in save percentage once. Like, it's yeah. just, it's there's no comparison. And yeah. I'm not saying necessarily that Cujo belongs to the Hall of Fame. I think he does, but I can understand if you disagree. But if that guy's not in and Cheevers is, something is wrong. And the same thing with Jackman. But it's like Cheevers is, I think his case is even worse. It rests on the cups. And as as we said in, in reviewing the notes, he was the like co-starter on one of those two cups. The yeah. the um if I go back, I'll I'll I can tell us all who in seventy two, that same seventy two uh team that thwarted uh that thwarted uh Rattel's Rangers, um Cheevers and Eddie Johnson split the duties That's and right. Eddie Johnson greatly outperformed Cheevers. Mm-hmm. When I say greatly, uh, Cheevers had a nine fifteen save percentage, which for those eight days is pretty good. Johnson's was nine thirty six. Cheevers GAA two sixty one. Johnson's one eighty six. Wow. So he played Cheevers played one more game. Um, but like Johnson was the better goalie that year. Yeah. And and so then so then the case for Cheevers being in the Hall of Fame is one cup. And as I said about his seventy run, he did he led the playoffs in games played, wins, minutes, shots against, and saves. Yeah. None of those are save percentage and goals against average. Yeah. Which is how you judge a goalie. Which really. is how you judge a goalie. So and or shutouts for that matter. So, yeah. I mean, it's, he did, uh, there was one, at least one playoff. He did lead the playoffs in shutouts, but it wasn't the year that won. Um, I just, oh yeah, it was, oh, sorry, it was actually, it was 72. So when he split that year uh, with Eddie Johnson. So the only way he was better than Eddie Johnson was shutouts. Um, but I get, that means he just got shelled the other games, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, uh and he actually led the playoffs and shutouts in 69 as well, actually. Um, I just, I, I think there's goalies with way better resumes who are not in the Hall of Fame. And it's it's weird that he's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, but anyway, um, he I, is. I, I think it's just, it might be just one of those, you won a couple of cups reputation thing. Like you were, yeah. you were part of one of those great teams. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's I, exactly how I think Osgood's going to get in. And, I, you know, like. At, at this at this point with you know if uh, i'm assuming he doesn't listen to the podcast or anybody for that matter but if he ever does he'd be like i have to fight that guy I'd be like yeah well, we have 40 listeners bill well Come on. see well i know but see, that's the thing that worries me is i the other day i was watching like some old hockey fights and i saw him handed to patty roy i was like ooh, i should probably be careful what i say <laughs> <laughs> he can chuck him pretty good there <laughs> forgot about that I, I assume he won't show up with the blocker, but he's a go- an old goalie. He might. Uh, <laughs> no, it's like I'm, I'm always shitting on him, but just to me, it's like he was he was fine. He was good. The same thing with Jerry Cheevers. Like he's fine. He was good. He's part of major teams. But I say the same thing about fucking Grant Fuhr. But I always feel like Grant Fuhr was an integral part to those teams, whereas I feel like I don't know. I feel like those Red Wings teams or maybe those Bruins teams could have won with any goalie. It didn't, didn't matter really who was in yeah. that. Because they were yeah. so dominant. 
And I mean, everybody say that about the Oilers, but you ask any Oiler and they go like, oh, if that guy was in there, we'd be bunked. Like he just made every big save right when we yep. needed it. Like sort of that clutch goaltending. Whereas, you know, Osgood got yanked, got replaced. It was him and another goalie all the time. And he had that one, if he ever gets in, it'll be that 2008 year where like he was just absolutely on fire and they were so good that like, I think I've said this a few times in the podcast, like my brother called me in Japan and was like, Hey dude, like I know I haven't talked in like a year on the phone. You got to watch this hockey final. Cause Detroit is just playing the greatest hockey I've ever seen yeah. in my life. No, they were incredible. And, like they were nobody incredible. touches the puck, like just wow. And like, just was blown away. And like, that's the year Osgood was incredible, but like, well, it was one of the all time great teams, too, right? Yeah, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, to, I, to me, I understand your fears, too, and I, I think I've made this point multiple times, but I'm still gonna say it again. It's like that, that 2009 final, I feel like he lost them that game because he just yeah. gave away half the net on that shot to uh Maxim Telbo, and I was just like, wow, I can't believe here's I the thing. called Telbo scoring both those goals. So somebody asked before the game, like, who's going to score the game winner? I'm like, Talbo. Like, why? I'm like, isn't he the guy who separated his shoulder in, like, round one to try to, like, amp up the team and he's been playing hurt the whole time? I'm like, seems like the kind of guy who would do something. And then he never did anything else. It was just like, he had that one shining moment where he was just, who knows what they shot him full of to get out on the ice. But he just seemed to have that thing, scored both goals. But the second one, I'm like, is Oscar even in the net? Like, holy shit. Like, I think I could have picked that. Like, he was just, he lost his net. And I'm like, that's the game, I thought. Anyways, I mean, anyways. I, anybody I, watch that game again, watch it again. Just like, fuck, he had the whole net to do that. So. And I didn't, I didn't watch, I can say I didn't watch the 77 or 78 finals against oh, no. um, uh, the Habs uh, because I was not alive. But, um I don't Brian, know what quit your job and go back and watch them, damn it. I don't know what Cheevers <laughs> did or didn't do in those finals, but like, you know, those Bruins teams were pretty deep. You know, yeah. the, those first two Bruins champions that he was on were like, you know, they unstoppable had machines. unstoppable machines. And the, the later teams that he went to the finals on were different teams, very different teams, but like yeah. they still were quite deep. I mean, one of them was that team, that Cherry used to talk about all the time about what they had the most players who scored 20 goals. Yeah. At least 20 goals on a team in history. I think it's never yeah, been eaten, uh, right? They had like beaten this. I think somebody either tied it or beat it very. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Uh, but it was like, like it's it was an absurd number of players, eight, right? I think somebody just tied it. It was like nine players or something. It makes no sense. Yeah. And they were extremely deep. And like, I don't know what Cheevers did or didn't do in those playoffs, but like the fact is, is that like, Okay, he was in four cup finals. Great. But like one of them we know for sure he was not the most important goalie. And at least most of the time. And the others, like we know he was on very good teams, much like you're talking about with Osgood. And like the fact is he never he was never the best goalie in the playoffs or the regular season by goalie stats that matter. In the NHL, he was in the WJ, but not in the NHL ever. And like, I just feel weird about having that guy in the Hall of Fame and then not having all these other goalies who were demonstrably the best goalie in the league at some point. You know, I, I don't know why. I don't know why I thought they beat that record, but uh, yeah, not even close. 
Okay. Um, still to this day, uh, the Bruins 11, 20 goal scorers. 11. How do you even yeah. do that? Is I know. Make yeah. sense? Super balanced lineup. 70, yeah. 77, 78. And they didn't win the cup because the Habs. Yeah. Because uh, fucking Gila Fleur is a thing. And all the other Habs and Dryden. Um, let's see. Uh, Bruins 70, 71 was 10. So that was the record they beat. And then it's the Canadians uh, 74, 75. The Blues 80, 81. And then nobody else even uh Calgary Flames nine in eighty nine ninety was the most recent like actual threat. So okay. never mind, I'm full of shit. I'm I can't believe players. eleven players. It makes no sense. Like that's incredible. That means two of your four no way. That means two of your fourth liners. Of all time. Like just how do you have two fourth liners scoring twenty goals? It makes no sense. It's crazy. All right. You know anyway, play everybody all the time and punch everybody in the face and go go go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so that means Rattel yes, Olmstead yes, and Cheevers no, right? Yeah. That's what we're saying. I think so. All right. I think, cool. Well, and 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 not to say Cheevers no without like a qualification, but like of. Uh, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it, but now I'm like, I don't know. Now I'm thinking harder about my Grand Fear thing. Just, I don't know. I, 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 goalies are, well, maybe the maybe the goalie opinion can just fluctuate and fluctuate like goalies do. I don't know where you're like, all right, well, this guy's great, and I love him, and ah, now he's a piece of shit. I hate him. <laughs> just, I don't know. Goalies are voodoo. Like, you can't, you can't figure them out unless they're an all-time great where you're like, that guy always stopped the puck. He never had a bad year. Like, he's just one of those guys. And it seems like Cheevers is just always, like, really good. Or at least very good. But never, like, oh, my God, he stole the cup. Like, and... Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. It just sort of feels like that. But now I'm, like, I'm I'm starting to, like, try to rethink my, should we revisit the Grant Fuhr episode or just do it? You know what? When we go to our goalies top ten, maybe we'll really get into it. But... It's it, it's hard because it seems like we have, or at least maybe we don't, but the the Hall of Fame has a slightly harder standard for goalies than players. It's like oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, and it's weird that they do. Yeah, I think I think it's weird. Well, because I mean, if Kevin Lowe's in for defenseman, yeah, then fucking, even as much as I think he's not a very good goalie and was just lucky, Osgood's in. Like yeah. So yeah. Yeah, but, absolutely. But, you know, yeah. if you compare him to other goalies, you're like, yeah, it's really like he won a lot, but who else could like you put Cujo in that place? They have probably has like what three more cups? Like, I have but, no idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird one. It's it's yeah. Tough. So we had a technical problem there, and we got disconnected. Um, so who mid mid Grant by Bill? Anyway. Um, you probably figured out exactly how we feel about these three players, um, but if you are not a hundred percent sure, um, you know we we're pretty sure that Cheevers doesn't belong. Um, and uh, despite the the Cubs, right, and that's where we were headed. And then you obviously heard what we said about the other two guys. So um, it was actually mostly about Osgood that got cut out. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think either anybody needs to worry particularly. So Cheevers, no. Olmstead, uh, yes. Uh, and Rattel, yes. And again, sorry about the technical 
difficulties. We hope you tune in for the next episode. Thanks.